This is Spoken by Ellsworth, a Femdom Hypnosis podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe. Plus, visit my website for sessions too intense to be included here. Visit my Patreon to collect your free codes for sessions. Lucky you. It's time for another free session, and it's not about waltzing, but it is about threes. I'm going to try something different out today and mark where the actual session begins in the YouTube post, so you can jump to it. But if you've already started looking for that little mark, think about not skipping ahead. Wouldn't it be nice instead to listen to my few minutes of talking to you just warming up to each other. So this one is for the more experienced listeners. So if you've just found me, be aware that listening to this again in a month or two, it's going to provide a different level of experience. Assuming, of course, you listen to more of my material in between. Beginners are welcome to give it a go. It's not like I'm going to be popping by and shutting it off, right? But be aware, this session involves crawling. Yes, hands and knees, which you're welcome to do in the shared headspace and not in your actual space. It also involves being tugged along on a sensory journey, which constantly takes you deeper. So please allow for plenty of wake-up time after the session. For many of my experienced men, this will be a very deep trance. There is a post-hypnotic suggestion included in today's session. It's a simple mental exercise that will please me. And we know, you enjoy pleasing me. If you are a beginner, Jot down your thoughts and feelings, and in a month, go ahead and do the session again and send the results to me. Consider yourself to be part of a, well, poorly designed study for hypnofetish kinksters. You can even imagine me in a lab coat, if it helps. Alright. So today's Femdom Hypnosis Experience, it has a conversational induction that will explain the threes in more detail. You're unlikely to have any issues with this version, but the safe word setting, it's always recommended. You can also download this session to repeat at your leisure. It's available on the website for a small fee, but if you're a patron, Use your code and you'll get it for free. The conversational induction is a bit trickier for newbies, yet it's a valuable tool for lulling your mind and allowing you to experience remarkable trance. It's time now to get ready. Find yourself a comfortable spot and let's breathe together. Are you sitting? If not, that's step one. You can go all out and stretch way out, like you're 
waiting on your portrait to be painted. Whatever's comfortable. Just keep your eyes open. Yes, open. Find a spot that you can focus on. Got it? Good. Now, just to keep it fun, you can't use that spot. Pick another spot to focus on and keep that one. And hey, don't be a cheater. For breathing, we're keeping it simple since I've already dragged you through keeping your eyes open and choosing two focal points. I want you to breathe in deep. Truly focus on that breath expanding, filling, seeking. And when you've hit the max, take that pause. Feel the fullness before exhaling fully. As you exhale, see that breath sweep away all of the debris, everything that's gathered in you since our last session together. Really let that breath get into those nooks and crannies and excavate what needs to go. If you do need it back later, you can get it. It'll be waiting. But for now, there's nothing else you need to do but to breathe in, breathe out, prepare yourself. So last week's kneel by my bed session, it was rather improvisational. It's been a while since I pushed the record button armed with just a couple index cards of notes and phrases, but the feedback I've received has been fantastic. So thank you for that. And if you've looked at my Amazon wishlist recently, you might have realized that I filled it up with a lot of Magic the Gathering cards. I don't know how anyone became convinced that I would be a good candidate to teach this game. Teaching, I'm fine with. I think I'm rather personable too. Don't you agree? Don't you think that you're conditioned to agree by now? Maybe it's because I told some people in my extended friend group that I had inherited a bunch of cards from an older sibling at some point. Um, plus, I do like to play some different games here and there. I enjoy board games. Quite a few of you know that there is just one. <laughs> one multiplayer online game that I play poorly. <laughs> um, if you don't know, then shame on you for not paying better attention. So anyway, um, Magic is one of those games that it's fantastic to play, but it does feel like you're immersing yourself in this entire culture of trying to learn the ins and outs of the language. The upside is it makes it a nice social game as long as nobody's doing too much tryharding. And the group uh, that and the environment where I'm teaching it is for it to be this social experience. 
So thank you to those um, who have supported that. I really appreciate it. It just means that I'm able to have these cards to give to other people so they'll each have decks and such to play with. Promise I'm not trying to go pro or anything in the Magic the Gathering um, scene. That is never, ever going to happen. And as well, thank you to a dear one, a returning patron, who sent me a couple of Amazon gift cards as a thank you. I say a couple, but it's a mess of them, <laughs> which again, I appreciate, and an admission that they didn't know which magic cards to buy. Now, don't you know why I put so many up there on the wish list? Um, it's because I wasn't sure what to get either and decided to put the job of researching all of that to my lovely, often somewhat nerdy listeners. So if you do play magic, take a moment to look at my list. Let me know if there's something I should take off or put on there. And I'll put those gift cards from PS to good use. Are you still breathing? Are you still looking at your focal point? You should be. Also, I need to give a shout out to my new followers from Germany. I love knowing where you are in the world. And most people, they're not shy about sharing. Well, it appears that I'm gaining quite a following in that area. So do me a favor, let me know which city has the best Christmas market? And finally, thank you for the hypnotherapy feedback. It's thrilling to know that many of my listeners have found these useful. If there's a certain topic you want or need covered, send me a polite note. There. There we are through all of the announcements giving you plenty of time to breathe, plenty of time to look at that focal point. And on that note, close your eyes. Go on and close them. It feels good, doesn't it? Brains didn't evolve for rationality. They did not evolve for you to think or to perceive the world accurately. They didn't even really evolve for you to see or hear or feel. Brains evolved to regulate a body so that it could move around the world efficiently. So let go of the rational and float in this session, allowing yourself to experience the pairing of two before I add in the chaos of a third. Are you familiar with the three problem? Well, let's start basic. Guy meets girl, girl meets guy. You have a pair, balanced. Twos are easy. Think of all of those salt and pepper shaker pairs all over the world. But maybe our pair orders a board game unlike any other. You are familiar with the gameplay session, right? If not, I won't give spoilers, but you also won't get where I'm heading. If you are familiar, 
you know how this could lead to an interesting three. A very, very interesting three. And then the logistics of what goes where, who goes where, and such. Doesn't sound like much of a problem, does it? For the loftier thinkers, it has been. In everyday life, groups of twos and threes can seem inconsequential. Two friends joining another brings the total to three. It's the sum of the parts, what scientists call a linear increase. But in many aspects of nature, threes, one, two, three, have an almost magical power to sow chaos, to become more than the sum of their parts. Scientists call them non-linearities. In short, the interval from two to three can produce a counterintuitive jump in complexity, as Newton found to his dismay. Uh-oh, are you worried this is going to be more of a lecture than hypnosis? Trust me here. You know how to follow my lead and allow that brain of yours to reach the necessary state. Where our threes relate more to you and me. But come on, hang in there for this conversational lead-in and leading down. Isaac Newton was baffled. He was already famous for discovering how gravity holds the universe together and for using that knowledge to predict the movements of celestial bodies, like the moon's path around the Earth. Now, by taking the sun's gravitational tugs into account, and we do like tugs, well, he thought it would improve his lunar predictions, and instead, it made it worse. It made his head ache and kept him awake so often that he said he would think of it no more. Thinking no more is a lofty goal in itself. I want you to imagine an ocean, or if water isn't your hypno thing, let's go for air. Either one will work for our little chaotic three lesson a way to learn more about this jump in disorganization. In whirlpools and maelstroms, tornadoes and hurricanes, if two of the swirling bodies get close, they move ahead in straight lines or circle each other. Imagine the two, the moving ahead or circling. One, two, moving. One, two, options as they move. And then, one, two, three. With three, things immediately get more complicated 
Imagine your two bodies joined by a third. Do they go along in a straight line, circle, or collapse into each other? Does one get consumed while the other two carry on? It gets very disordered and unpredictable. But disordered and unpredictable can be fun in the safety of a shared headspace. And next in our one, two, three examples is another science one. I figure we've gone from simplest to complex and soon we'll dive into those related to us. I will have you on your hands and knees. But the first example of our friendly friends going from one, then two, then three, and our whirlpools swirling, eddying, moving in the deep, going from one, then two, then chaotic choices with three. And now, can you see in your mind's eye, Adam? These little building blocks that are easily forgotten, yet fascinating to consider. So much depth and complexity that many don't dare learn about them at all, or just recall struggling. But there's magic there. I suspect you can relate to this complexity of being dismissed out of hand for being too hard or esoteric, trying to explain something and wondering how the hell you can do it without freaking out the other person or seeing their eyes glaze over. On that first date, is it easy? The usual bio of who you are and what you do. The second date? Digging in a bit more, sharing those thoughts and feelings, but by the third, this is where it kicks in, doesn't it? That third date that often makes or breaks a budding relationship. Do you have an elevator pitch to describe your likes and lusts? A 30 second intro to who you really are at midnight? When lust kicks in and inhibitions go out the window. The dates. One, a forklift operator who enjoys walks in the park. Two, but doesn't care for social media and truly wants to meet someone who enjoys avant-garde fiction. Then three, oh. Did you mention the interest in mental domination, lucid dreaming, and feeling more through words than many others can with hands? And, and, and. Atoms illustrate the complexity jump. Hydrogen, the simplest, has two main parts, a nucleus, one, and a single circling electron, too. Physicists can predict with great accuracy the future states of subatomic particle. One, 
two, one, two. But helium, the next larger atom, has two electrons. The interplay of those two particles with the element's nucleus, two plus one becomes one, two, three, throws them into a complicated state beyond the comprehension of science. There's no exact solution. You can't find out what's happening to their behavior, their location, or anything else. It doesn't scale, things get chaotic. Perhaps it's seen in one, two, three maids. One is all about her duty, and number two, she's there for entertainment. Less practical, yet very functional. And three? Oh, he's chaos, isn't he? Duty perhaps keeps him there, and there's no doubt his blushing, stammering, and utterly uncomfortable sense of self adds much to the entertainment for others. One is easy to describe. Two? Ah, simple to enjoy. But three is as tricky as that third date to navigate as tricky to describe to those on the outside. How do you describe Prissy? One, two, three. Count for me. That's one. The count of three is step one for me. One, One of three is counting. One, two, three. And I'll add in the two for you as you count for me to three. Each count brings the familiar sinking. Sink for me as you count to three. Adding these two steps together. One is to count. Two is to sink. And three is waiting for you. One and two paired together are normal. You often count to sink down for me. Down while counting is normal. Easy. You started sinking the moment I started counting and snapping ages ago. And already you feel as if you're just about as far down as you can go. Yet you obey and you sink for me as you count to three. One, two, three. Yet there's a third, a third thing that you will do for me, and my dear, that is the problem with threes. You can count and sink and sink and count for an endless amount of time. 
it is the third that I'm adding that will stretch your abilities and flood your senses. Count, sink, crawl, and repeat. Yes, repeat. Count, one, two, three. Now sink down on hands and knees. Count, sink, and crawl. Crawl as you feel your limbs so loose and the ground has a noticeable give as if reluctant to support your sunken weight or simply yielding to your desire to sink further. Your hands and knees leave behind imprints that fill with water, or is it mist? Fill almost instantly, leaving a temporary mark before the displaced moisture seeps back into the ground, down into the ground. A reminder of your passage. The ground's consistency, it shifts as you move. With areas of firmer ground, occasionally giving way to pockets of crater saturation, causing a subtle sinking sensation beneath your body as you crawl along. Count. One, two, three, sink, crawl, repeat. This is your present, your past, your future, your three selves as you move. This isn't quite a problem of three. It's a challenge and change. Perhaps you've chosen to barely sink, leaving shallow indentations as you go. Or instead, you're neck deep, swimming as much as crawling, striving, struggling, barely moving forward as you exert your entire self as you continue to count, sink, crawl, repeat. But where are you going, dear man, dearest pet? You've obeyed, and you're doing marvelous, yet where are you going? Is there a maze? Mm, you like that, I know. Being lost in a maze, the mixture of emotional and sensory elements, confusion, disorientation, uncertainty, and that heightened awareness of surroundings in this headspace. It's vivid. It's you. It's why that third date poses no difficulty for us, does it, dear? 
using the mind to heighten experiences, using hypnosis to descend to discover or ascend to reveal is exciting, thrilling. And even as I say this, I know part of you has hit a little snag, hasn't it? That is a problem with sinking, surrendering, trusting the same voice over and over. That third element is one you trip over. Thank goodness you're already crawling, and it limits how much more you can fall. Because falling is inevitable. Even as you choose careful paths, attempt to stay on firm ground, the walls of the maze rise like silent sentinels, towering over you, creating a sense of confinement or a welcome barrier from the mundane, the rest of the world that doesn't understand this counting, sinking, crawling man making his way through my maze. The weathered textures intermixed with leafy hedgerows, the greenery brushes against you like my words brush against your mind. Words you may not have chosen or expected, yet much like that hidden sphere created elsewhere, they find a home. It's not your fault, nor is it mine. Neither of us want your life to be difficult. You know that I want good things for you. I give you good things. This is important to me. Do you see places rubbed by countless fingertips, lost wanderers before you, hinting at stories of frustration, uncertainty as they make their way through the maze? Occasionally, a fleeting sound echoes from a distance, a distant footstep, a rustle of leaves, or the murmur of your own breath reminding you that you're not entirely alone, yet the source of those sounds remains elusive. Much like your initial desire to remain impartial, neutral, to not have words repeat in your mind at random moments, or find yourself comparing coins, waiting for the opportunity to flip one and choose right or left, yes or no, release or frustration, denial. Your token that you take with you. It's all theater, isn't it? Just words in your ear spoken from my lips, created in my mind to find a spot in yours. You're counting, sinking, crawling in a maze of my creation, yet you're free. And you know that hearing me say that, 
it brings together more chaos than any amount of electrons or tornadoes or gravity pulls ever could. Happiness is yours. There are no choices to be made, not really, just the moving forward. You've even found yourself naturally choosing this path or that as you move through this maze, almost leisurely at this stage, body and mind restoring themselves as you've taken this break. But I have a secret. If you are able to complete my maze, you will find at the end a treat for you. Three boxes sat and you already know that you can only choose one. Your coin won't save you here. You will need to decide. But you will find, the longer it takes you to move through this maze, the fewer boxes you will choose from. Are there two others racing you through? Maybe your competition is a maid, a suitor, a valiant knight, and a ship captain? Who is your competition? Maybe it's simply time. Move, crawl, sink, count. With each turn you take, a sense of deja vu can set in. The passes seem to repeat themselves, blurring your sense of direction and heightening your awareness of the ever-present possibility of retracing your steps. As minutes morph into hours, can it be hours? Your thoughts vacillate between a determined resolve to find your way to the reward and a creeping anxiety that gnaws at your confidence. There will be nothing left for you. Perhaps you should go faster. The lighting within the maze is inconsistent with dappled light filtering through the breaks in the foliage above, casting shifting patterns of shadow and light that create images of their own. Memories of other times that you've been this deep. Don't you want to savor a few? Watch them play out on the stonework. Rest. Pause. See yourself. The dynamic interplay of light and shadow adds to the illusion of movement within the walls themselves, as if the maze were alive, conspiring to keep you ensnared within its grasp. Shh. Hush now. Be calm. I've already promised you are free, as free as you want to be. 
Do you want to be free? Do you want your reward? Perhaps you should go faster. One, two, three. Navigating the maze. Starting again with navigating. Okay. Navigating the maze becomes an exercise in trial and error. Some paths lead to dead ends, leaving you to backtrack and reevaluate your choices. And isn't that exactly what you've been doing? Evaluating choices. The freedom to do so. Other choices seem promising at first glance, but ultimately you loop back to where you began. Time becomes a fluid concept, with your perception of it slipping away as the boundaries between wants, needs, left turns, rights, sinking, moving, freedom, capture. The construct of each concept begins to blur. Emotions run the gamut from frustration to a fleeting hope that each turn will reveal the exit and your reward. A sense of isolation may settle in as the challenge of the maze consumes your attention and isolates you from the outside world. The monotony of stone or hedge walls and the echo of your hands, knees, other footsteps can play tricks on your mind, fostering a sense of solitude that heightens the intensity of the experience. The complex network of passages and walls as complex as you are, as we are, as this experience of trust and obedience, being taken under, and openness to experiences that run the spectrum from vanilla meditation to blush-worthy topics, you know, the things that only your 1am lust-filled self might willingly confess to another soul. I lead, you follow, you inspire, I create. You navigate this maze and choose the corridors and sometimes you brush up against something unexpected. Something you wouldn't have chosen, yet the idea continues to swim and swirl around you, sometimes barely able to be seen, and other times, it practically blocks everything else from view. But have you forgotten the three chests? Perhaps you should go faster. Or do you feel torn? Feeling torn on decisions is 
part of the human experience after all. Feeling uncertain, feeling vulnerable, the battle of feelings. Your heart might pull at your chest, sending waves of longing and excitement, while your mind might manifest as a constant buzz of analytical thoughts that refuse to quiet down. It's as if your emotions are speaking in two different languages, yet both are equally powerful and meaningful. This complex, intense, internal struggle. Count for me. Sink with three. Crawl and see what is waiting. I think you know the answer. Find yourself now at that last turn. Look and see, are there three? How many do you have to choose from? Feel yourself, feel yourself guided to the correct answer. You know how long it took for you to go through the maze. You have an idea of the reward that you deserve. Take this time now to focus solely on that. And after you've had plenty of time to consider your reward, to see the number of chests, to choose one if one is available. We will begin the process together of leaving trance behind, of waking, but I don't want to rush you or rush this moment. Focus. Feel yourself 
your actual surroundings, outside of the headspace, in your own space. Feel energy come back into you. Even if you choose to fall into a natural sleep after this, you still need to leave trance behind, to leave that headspace behind. Four, feeling aware of where you are. Feeling aware of your mind, your body, your emotions. Knowing you will give yourself time after this session to process through those emotions and feelings. Being gentle with yourself. And five. Trance left behind fully back to yourself and this is when you can decide and I'll let the music just keep on playing for a while let it fade out naturally but this is where you can decide to fully wake and go on with your day or fall into a natural sleep and then wake up refreshed looking forward to hearing how many chests you found at the end and what you had waiting inside for you. If you found nothing, maybe you need to do this session again and perhaps you should go faster. You can download this session on the SpokenByElswith.com website and receive the session only, available for unlimited downloads and added to your personal library. Don't forget, if you're a beginner, I expect to hear from you in a month. Jot down those thoughts and feelings to compare the before and after 